Okay, okay, how are you doing? Good, what do you think of having small group before a message? It was weird. <laughs> what did you talk about? Alright, well, if you got around to the questions, and it's okay if you don't always get around to the questions. But we talked about um, identity um, and our image, right? And purity. So, tonight we were talking, uh, the, the sermon series, if you go all the way back to the very first slide, says one of the topics that we're going to talk about um, during this series on relationships and defining the relationships is dating and sex. And we are specifically leaving a big chunk of that out for this group because a lot of you probably aren't quite at that stage of life where you're like actively dating or looking to actively date. Many of you may be, and that's totally cool. Uh, not saying whether or not you should or shouldn't do that. Just saying that that's not the majority in the room. And so we're going to talk a little bit more on a great way to enter that space, and that's by um, entering that with a purity mindset and a desire to be pure before God and a desire to um, be respectful of our bodies and our self-image. And then also to determine that our identity can really only come from one place and no person's approval and no situation and um, certainly never whether or not you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Um, so... Let's unpack a little bit about identity. Our world, or the world around you and I, it tells us so many different things about what it means to be successful and where you should find your identity. Many times we look at identity and, and it's a vocation or a school or a sports team. What's the second thing that you ask someone right after you introduce yourself? You get, okay, what's your name? Hi, I'm Milo. Now, what, what do I normally ask you? What's your name? Okay, how nice. How old are you? Do you do how old are you? Is that normal? I don't know. What school do you go to? There you go, Miley. Millie. 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 I'm sorry, I did it so much. Millie and Miley, they're very confusing. You ask what school they go to, and then as you get older, sometimes it's where do you work? Sometimes it's like, what do you do? Right? Because that's how, we, how, how humanity has taught us to define ourselves. We're defined by the things we do and the places that we associate ourselves with, right? That's not how God intended it for us to define ourselves. So, tonight, we're going to look into our lives, look at our life the way that God does, and try to identify ourselves in Jesus. We want to run away from all of the things that make us less and less like Jesus and instead identify ourselves in the way that Jesus intended for us to, which was through his righteousness and because of his blood that he shed on the cross, right? So this series in, in, of messages on relationships um, obviously can be difficult to talk about and it can be even more difficult with the junior high age group because you guys have like a lot of life change within the grades of six through um, eighth, there's just a lot. Like, a lot happens. You go in sixth grade, and you might be, um, I don't know, still feeling like a kid, but all of a sudden you have to go to a different school. And then by eighth grade, you're riding the top of the class, and next year, guess what? You're at the bottom again. Ninth grade, freshman, just, like, at the bottom. I'm sorry. 
but you work your way back up to being a senior, and then you get to be a freshman again in college. Um, and then you get to be the first one at the new company and all that stuff, right? This life is this, this process of being at the bottom and rising to the top, but we carry an identity with us in every situation. And instead of being identified by Christ, we are so often identified by our status or our position in different situations. Um, what does... What does the Bible say about our identity? Anyone have an answer for me? Kaylee likes to say it, but what do you guys say? What does the Bible say about our identity? I've said it over and over. There's no wrong answer. Yeah, that you're a child of God. We talked about that last week, right? No, it's great. We talked about that last week. God wants his very best for us, and he intended for us to be his children, right? And we have to accept that and live in that and walk in that daily. We're going to use the slides to keep us on track here. So if we ever hope to succeed in relationship, both with each other and maybe in the future with a boyfriend or girlfriend or a spouse, we need to find our identity in God's plan and purpose for our life. So there's nothing wrong by any means with you identifying yourself with the things you do, right? Nothing wrong. Avery's a personal trainer. She's really good. She got recognized by the paper. It's pretty cool. Um, go Avery. Uh, you know, Jessica back there is really good at marketing. We got Steve. Steve, what do you do? Marketing sales? Steve, remind me. What do you do? He's a mailman. Yeah, but he's really good at it, okay? And it's nothing wrong with being defined by that, especially when God has called you to it, right? There's nothing wrong with being defined as, as uh, maybe Elliot defines herself as a great worship leader, or Brock is working on his skills as a coder. He wants to do it to the best of his ability. There's nothing wrong with identifying yourself with that. But the problem is, is that so often the success and failure of that thing creating us a poor self-image, right? So let's keep rolling. This is a verse I just want to unpack with you really quick. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to it. It's Romans 12. We're going to start in verse 1, and I'm just going to read it since it's up on the screen. But it's, uh, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Uh, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So let's go back just a second here. It says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. We've unpacked this verse, I think, already at least once this year. Um, and it's really easy uh, to use this verse in relationship to worship because we talk about in worship, we're actually offering our bodies as a living sacrifice because we're singing, we're dancing, we're lifting our hands. Maybe you don't ever dance in worship. That's okay, you should try it sometimes, it's really fun. Um, but you're offering your body as a living sacrifice in that moment, right? You're worshiping God with all of who you are. But have we ever thought about how everything we do throughout our day, throughout our week, throughout our life, is offering our body to something, right? In a way, we're offering our body to our schooling as we're really intentional to um, show up to school physically, we use our body to complete the schoolwork. We use our mind to remember the answers to the test. And that's totally okay. 
But if we're not doing that thing with the intention of bringing God glory, then what are we doing it for in the first place? And how is it affecting our self-image on whether, whether we succeed or fail in doing that thing? Um, in a lot of ways, we can allow this concept of purity to identify it, to create an identity in us. Whether that identity be a pure one or one that we struggle with. And in many ways, the things that we consume, be it uh, media in any way, shape, or form, you have TV shows and music and ads on your phone, Instagram, like those are all things that you're consuming, right? The things that we consume can change our identity and our purpose. Uh, once, a, I mean, it just as a simple example, right? The, the, like church as a whole, right? 90% of the theology or the ideas of God that you believe in your mind come from the songs that we sing. That's, that's like, that is, that changes who you are. The songs you sing, whether you listen to the radio or not, or you listen to Spotify or whatever, right? It changes who you are. There's actually um, psychological studies done on different musics and that you've listened to, and one can improve your mood, one can not improve your mood, um, one can shift you to feeling uh, any form of emotion, right? That's why, like, that one song can make you feel like um, all of the mushy feelings for the boy across the street, right? It, it just has a way of shaping who we are and how we perceive the world around us. And it's a very, very cool thing. It's, it's actually, like, an amazing gift from God that we can feel emotions in that way and that something like that can, can change the way that we view it, right? But on the flip side of all of that is how the things that we consume um, can also lead us away from God and stir up in us something that he never intended for us to experience, right? Um, in many ways, our world is full, and we were just talking with the seniors, our world is just full of sexual, sexualization of humanity, right? Whether it be uh, you're getting onto social media for the first time, because my parents didn't learn to have social media until I was at a certain age, so I'm just assuming that some of you may not have social media yet. Or it's school, or it's the TV shows that you watch. There are um, sexual situations in all of it. Almost all of it. Maybe not the kids or baby shows, right? But it's, it's just all around us, right? And it changes the way that we view both ourselves and the world around us. It changes our identity. And in some ways, if we allow it to, it can change our purpose. It can change the way that we view ourselves in light of God's grace and mercy for us. Okay, let's go back one. We'll link that to the last one. I wanted to touch just for a second on um, the concept of pornography. It's an incredibly extreme example of something that can completely shift the way that you view both yourself and the world around you, different people around you. Um, it can cause a lot of damage to our souls and to our identity. And because uh, the world that we live in has been so sexualized, what would have been seen as pornography 50 to 60 years ago 
isn't that anymore. So when I say the word pornography, you might envision um, nudity or something like that, and I hope that you don't envision anything. But even just, even just like looking at something on the internet that you shouldn't, or watching a TV show that has some scenes that probably should be left out, or being okay with not skipping over it because no one else is in the room and it's just you, right? Different movies, like superhero movies, like, like fun movies, they have scenes like this in different depictions of sexual situations that, that you and I were never meant to consume. God never wanted us to watch stuff like that. And it changes the way that we view the world around us. And it's a really awkward topic and conversation. I don't want you guys to all like check out now because you're getting nervous and you're not sure like what to think. But I want you to know that as you continue to mature and to grow and develop into who God wants you to be and who God intends for you to be um, in your future junior high years, in your high school years, in your college years, and in relationship with other people, then he wants you um, to view yourself in light of his righteousness. So it's really easy um, at any age to go down the road of, of any type of sin, whether that would be a sexual sin or looking at things that we shouldn't or talking to people the way we shouldn't. You get the idea, right? It's a really easy road to go down. But the amazing thing about it is that God is like waiting for us when we're ready to turn from that. When we don't want to go down that road any longer. He's ready to pour his righteousness over us and his grace onto us so that we can experience wholeness and life and freedom from that thing. And freedom from the way that that shame and guilt can torment our minds. In any situation. But when we talk about um, sex and sexuality, it hits to the very core of who we are. Because it affects us to our very core. It affects us to the depths of our identity. And that's why it's so important that, that we set up safeguards, that we set up um, accountability, that we are open with our parents, with our leaders, with people around us that want to see us succeed. Because when you're open and when, you, when you're willing to have those conversations, there's more freedom. And you don't have to fight battles on your own. But I really just want to encourage you, and we're going to be done, like this will be our last point. I really just want to encourage you that no matter where you're at in this journey of discovering who you are and who you're meant to be, and how that really does impact the way that you view the world, and that you have an opportunity to just let God define you. Define your future, define the situations that you're involved in right now, define the relationships that you're involved in. You have just an, an opportunity to just take a step back and be defined by the righteousness of to allow His grace and His mercy to wash over your bodies, your minds, your spirits, fully and fully. Um, so I just I, I just want to really encourage you 
in this. And I know that on this side of, of the interaction, it's really easy for me to even, for you to feel like maybe this is like really preachy or judgmental or harsh in a way. But I'm like in no way perfect. And at your age, was far from perfect when it came to my interactions with the world in this way. So I want to encourage you that it's not, it's not uncommon to like struggle, to feel tempted, to have sin around you. It's normal. It's just like all around us. We live in the world, right? But God calls us to a higher standard, and he calls us to grace and to freedom and to mercy. And he wants us to live in that. So, we're going to, um, we're just going to take an opportunity to pray right now. And then if you feel like you need to talk to someone, you need to talk to a leader, to myself, Jessica's at the back of the room if you feel comfortable with her. Um, I want to encourage you to do that. If you're good, and you're, just, you're, you're like good, you're just like, okay, we can table this subject now. I'll keep those mental notes for the future. Then that's okay. And we'll just play some basketball. We have the ping pong table. We can roll into this room. Let's not go out into the foyer yet because some of the sluggers might be meeting right there. Okay? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for just the opportunity to speak into these students' lives tonight. God, and I ask that as we uh, come to a close on our talk on relationships, purity, identity, um, dating, sex, that you would just uh, renew our minds, that we would be able to be renewed by you, that we would be able to just be touched by your Holy Spirit, that we'd be able to experience your grace and your freedom and your fullness of life. Pray over each one of these students in the room right now, God, that you would um, create, um, create and offer them relationships that allow them to express themselves, um, whether that be with their parents, a leader, a teacher, a mentor, anyone in their life that they can just open up to and be honest with so that they can continue to grow, to mature, to move forward into adulthood. We love Jesus. Amen. Amen. So again, if you want to talk to someone, because um, you want to discuss this topic further, we're not going to go into small groups right now. We're just going to have a hangout time. Um, but I encourage you to make that a priority and do that if you want to. Okay? Okay. Break across the room. Boys have no problem grabbing balls. Oh, <laughs>